for just, uh, just a moment, and that's God receiving glory in my life. You and I ought to position ourselves in him that we are willing for God's name to be glorified. You know what I start praying when I lay hands on people, whether it's for healing, whether it is for a financial miracle, uh, whatever it is that they have come. Uh, I'll pray about the situation, but the way I close that prayer is I say, God, receive glory in their life. Receive glory. Let the name of Jesus be exalted. Why, why is that important? Because if God doesn't get glory in it, then there will be no results from it. That means your suffering will be, will be for nothing. Or maybe your blessing, maybe it's a blessing. But if God don't get glory, it'll be for nothing. Why? Because when he's lifted up, he draws all men unto him. That's why. When God gets glory, whether it's in your difficulty or whether it's in your blessing, what it's all about is drawing men to him. Tell your neighbor, blessing you is not about you. Blessing you is not about you. Your sorrow is not even about you. If you're letting God work in your life the way that God desires to work in your life, there is going to be moments of difficulty. There's going to be moments of pain. But if we are walking with God and we are living for God somewhere, somehow, he's going to receive glory in it. And when he does that, some loved one's going to come to God. Some neighbor is going to come to God. Some co-worker is going to come to God. Somehow he's going to be lifted up when you allow yourself when you allow God to have glory in your life making that comment and saying I want God to have glory in my life is a big thing that means if it's on the blessing side it's all blessing but you know I'm just speaking to us how we think carnally so if it's on the the blessing side something good comes about something wonderful comes about it's not about us getting puffed up it's not about us saying well the Lord must love me a little more than he loves them because look how he's blessing me no my friend not at all it's about his glory and if we'll remember that, then whatever that blessing is, however it comes, we'll use it for him. If it's a blessing of a talent and ability to sing, we'll use it for him. If it's a blessing and talent to be able to play, we'll use it for him. If it's a blessing and talent and ability to preach, we'll use it for him. If it's a blessing and talent and ability to teach, we'll use it for him. If it's a gift of servitude, a gift of just humbling ourselves and being able to bless a brother, help a brother or a sister, then we're going to use it for him on the flip side of the coin a few weeks ago we had a sister come up here and uh, she actually looked like she was expecting with child her stomach was so uh, swollen sister um, uh, sister Davis a friend of sister Davis and she came a couple of weeks ago and am, am I right am I getting the right person we pray for her right here in this area and the doctor said she has nine tumors and, and they were all wrapped around her uterus young just married wants to have a baby telling the doctor please I, I, I want my uterus to be saved I want my womb to be saved and the doctor 
saying that's impossible. These things are all wrapped up in there. They're all up in there. We have to go in. We got to do a hysterectomy. We got to take everything out. We're just trying to save your life. She came down. She got prayed for a couple of weeks ago. Went to the hospital. Went into surgery. Doctor comes back into her room. And he says, well, you didn't have nine tumors. You had 14. He said, but the amazing thing about it is somehow they were all detached. And the blood supply had been cut off. And we just went in and pulled those tumors out. And we left your womb alone. Everything's okay. He's going to get glory somehow, some way. He's going to be glorified. That's what miracles and blessings are all about. My God, have mercy. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. And if somehow, if somehow we can understand that, if somehow we can get a hold of that, then if pain comes into my life, it's God. As long as you're getting glory, I'll walk through it. I'll go through it. I'll face it. I'll endure it. Whatever it may be, as long as you get glory. Clap your hands to the Lord and give God praise. I think the thing that the Lord is trying to say here, something that he wants us to understand, his children, his blessed children, because there's situations going on in this church that is so uh, words cannot express it. We've got mothers battling for the salvation of their children. We've, we've got husbands and wives battling for their marriages. We've got situations in health and body. We've got situations Financially, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, all kinds of difficulties going on. But the Holy Ghost has come to say what we need to do is get ourselves in a place where we understand that somewhere, somehow, the God I serve is going to receive glory. And when God gets through receiving glory, the blessing's going to come. The answer's going to come. Paul the Apostle. Paul the Apostle said, he said, all of my suffering, all of my shipwrecks, my hungers, my thirst, my beatings with a whip, stone left for dead, everything that I went through, Paul said, I got a glimpse of heaven and none of my suffering compares to the glimpse of heaven. Come on, somebody. God wants to give you a glimpse today. God wants you to see his glory, his power, his anointing. The Holy Ghost is speaking, speaking. He wants me to tell you here today. He is saying what he wants you to understand as his child. What he wants you to understand as his son and as his daughter. That whether you find yourself over here 
in the suffering stage or whether you find yourself over here in the blessing stage God wants you to know he loves both of you the same he cares for both of you the same he's not a respecter of persons but he's doing something great he's doing something incredible he's doing something powerful and he's going to receive glory and people are going to be saved brethren are going to be strengthened I know I've mentioned this before and uh Excuse a personal reference, but she was my mom, not yours. <laughs> my mother served God all her life to the best of her ability. When I turned five years old, it was the last time I ever seen her walk. She handed me her crutches. I put them in a closet. And that was the last time my mother ever walked. She sat in a wheelchair. A few years later, she became blind. Not long after that, she was an invalid. Every day, morning, noon, and evening, I'd have to sit next to her chair and spoon feed her because she could not feed herself. I had to bathe her, pick her up and bring her to the bathroom. Everything that needed to be done for the time I was there. I went away to college. My sisters took over. Later in life, we brought her here to West Palm Beach with us before she passed. But she suffered. She had the worst case, Louisiana doctor said, of rheumatoid arthritis they had ever seen. Every joint in her body was dissolved. She had no joints anywhere, her knees, her ankles, her fingers, her hands, her elbows, her neck, nowhere. They kept her on as much pain medicine as they could, but nothing could do it. Eventually, her very skull began to deform and shift in size. But when you would walk into that room, the only thing you ever heard was how good Jesus was. And how he blessed her every day. And then, uh, through the years, I had a difficult time with all of this. But an apostolic preacher believed in healing. <laughs> you know, we believe in the power of healing. And you get on my knees and cry out to God, oh God, how can I preach this gospel of healing when my own mother is a ball of flesh, wrapped in pain and a crippled, and you won't even raise her up off the bed? How do I continue to preach this glorious gospel? And I'll never forget it when the Lord spoke to me, spoke into my heart, very few words. He didn't give me answers. He just spoke to me. And he said, I want you to know I can trust your mother. And I'm like, what in the world does that mean? What do you mean you can trust her? And finally, revelation came and understanding came. I can allow my glory to shine through her in suffering and know that she will never curse my name. She will never doubt. She will never stop praising me. She will never stop worshiping. And through that, Brother Green, I watched nine registered nurses pray through to the Holy Ghost, get baptized in the name of Jesus, living for God. What I've come to tell you, 
is I know sometimes we suffer, but I'm here to let us know in the Holy Ghost, if you will put yourself in a place that in your suffering, God can get glory. Are we willing? Are we willing to position ourselves that no matter what comes our way, I know I'm yours, God. I know I'm living for you. I'm walking in truth. I'm staying in truth. God, receive glory. Somebody say that, Lord, receive glory in my life. Ask what you will, shall be done. Believe, pray in my name, and I'll do it for the glory of the Father that's in heaven. It's about his glory. The other side of that coin is blessings. It's all blessings, but... I'm just dealing with how we understand things. We have the blessings. People will testify next week. I've had so many testimonies come. Sanctuary offering. Everybody say sanctuary offering. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, that extra money you got this week. I'm not sanctuary offering. Tell brother, tell brother Kyle, well, sister Kyle, tell him. I'm watching you, brother Kyle. Sanctuary offering. God's giving you that so you can bless the sanctuary. And you, we're going to hear testimonies. Maybe our sister that was healed of 14 tumors wrapped inside. Bless you, my friend. Good to have you. Wrapped inside all over her womb. Oh, I don't know, brother. I don't know, brother Shatzer. I don't know. But I know he'll get glory in your wife. He detached those tumors, cut off the blood flow, removed them from the uterus. They just floating around in her belly. Just pulled them out and threw them aside. Left everything in there because God did an incredible miracle. She'll probably be here this coming Sunday. Takes a little while to heal over one of those things, you know. And uh, but she'll come and she'll testify and tell of the great healing power of God. And if we're not careful, Brian, if there was something that we wanted, something that we needed, something we asked God for, and then we see God do it for someone else. Almost the same thing that we were asking. Maybe not identical, but really close. And here's God performing this great deed for the sister or the brother on the other side of the church. But he didn't do it for me. If we're not careful, something can get a hold of us. And we'll say, I don't understand that. And then the devil will talk to you. <laughs> yeah, he's a liar. The devil will talk to you and the devil will say, you didn't pray hard enough. Huh? You didn't have enough faith. That's your problem. Yeah. Oh, you know 
know that thing you did last week? That's why God didn't do that for you. And the devil will come in and he'll begin to torment me. Let me tell you, let me tell you something. You are a child of God. When, when your child messes up, when they get up in the morning, do you tell them no breakfast for you? No lunch for you. Now, some of y'all might do that. Some of y'all kind of mean. But I would say the majority of us would let that heathen still sit at the table and eat of your hard labors and still love them and bless them. And I, can, I can only imagine all the trouble and all the difficulty Craig, that your mother had to go through. Not to mention the trouble and difficulty I went through. I had you for about five years. Horrible, horrible days. But we still let him come and worship and praise God. Let him feel the presence of the Lord. I didn't beat him with a stick. And now I got Rochard over there. Hanging around my house. Eating my food. And sleeping in my bed. And... At least, though, Craig, he takes the trash out every once in a while. No, you're, you're going to love them. They're your son. They're your daughter. You tell that devil he's a liar. None of us are perfect. None of us got our act together. None of us are exceptional in every area. Yet God loves us. No, friend, it's not that your lack of faith or something's wrong in your life. I'm here to tell you the Holy Ghost is here to tell you what it is. God is going to receive glory in your life. That may be on the side of difficulty. That may be on the side of suffering. And so now, if I can somehow get this revelation, I'll say, okay, God, no more complaining. No more mumbling and grumbling. I still hurt. I'm still in pain. It still hurts in the heart. But I'm excited. You're going to get glory. And from that glory, somebody's going to be saved. Somebody's going to be changed. A brother, a sister, it's going to be encouraged. And it's going to help them stay in the house of God. The question is, are we willing? To put ourselves in a situation where God can receive glory. Or do we cry out so much? against the trial and the pain 
before the time. Philip. I need to talk to you about graphics, by the way. And I'm talking free, not going to charge you. Let God get glory, son. Suffer with your pastor for a little while. Or does God have to reach into our situation and snatch us out early? Before he's completed his process. Because we've become so weak. And we have lost so much faith. Because we've taken this situation so personal. Rather than understanding that we're just a child of God. And God's using us. And he's got to reach into our situation and snatch us out. And he gets no glory. I'll prove it to you. How many of y'all prayed yourself out of something only to find yourself back in something very similar just a little while later down the road? Ha, ha, ha. God's going to get glory, Aaron. He's something he's wanting to accomplish in you and for others. You know what I'm talking about. We cheat our way through a trial by complaining and murmuring. And finally, God in his mercy pulls it out. Let's just get our strength back and we find ourselves right back in a similar situation. You know, the word of the Lord says if it's too much for you to bear, he says, I'll deliver you. Actually, it doesn't say that. He says, I won't put more on you than you can bear. And he says, and if it, what you're going through is more than you can bear, he said, I'll make a way of escape. But then he tells us what that way of escape is. He said, I'll come to you and give you whatever you need so you can bear it. He didn't say nothing about taking you out. He just said, if I see you falling down and I realize that it's gotten too heavy for you, I'll step into your life and I'll strengthen you and do whatever for you that I need to do so you can bear it. Why? Because he needs to get glory out of it. And when he gets glory out of it, some sister. Jackson family, stay with it. I know it's been hard. I know the situation was difficult. But there's people watching you. How you respond, what you do, how you react. We want God to get glory out of it. Now that family's visiting, but I know them. Y'all don't know them, but I know what's going on. 
Sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it's hard in our life. But God is saying, I'll give you whatever you need to make it through this difficulty. I've got people watching you. I've got people looking at you. My God, girl. How long did you lay on that hospital bed? How many months was she in the hospital? Five months. Brain tumor. They cracked her head open. Excuse the expression. And the veins had cauterized to the side of her skull in surgery. And when they pulled her head open, they pulled those veins apart. She started bleeding everywhere. They spent seven hours not removing the tumor, sewing the veins back together. Put her head, skull back together. She had to come out of brain surgery saying, the tumor's still in you. We almost killed you. When you would go see her, you would say, she's going to die tonight. She'll never make it to the morning. Doctors in and out constantly seeing. They say, okay, we're going to do this one more time. They go in, and they pull that little thing out of that head. I don't know what that was, six, seven months ago? How long ago? So a year, a year, come here, baby. They said, she'll never walk again. She'll never talk again. No, 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 no. She'll never do anything again. If she wakes up, she'll be a vegetable for the rest of her days. <laughs> When you wouldn't visit it, sister, let me tell you what she'd tell you. God is good. I love my Jesus. Jesus is with me. Every doctor had to hear it. Every nurse had to hear it. And now they got to witness the power and the glory of God. Thank you, darling. Come on, somebody. There was nothing easy about that, but God has received glory. The name of Jesus has been exalted. Don't you think for a minute that her name is not talked about to this day in that hospital room. If I be lifted up, I'll draw men. If I be lifted up, I'll draw men. If I be lifted up, I'll draw men. When you pray, pray that he receives glory. I'm going to close in a moment. Father, he says, Lord, deliver us. The king says, bow down and worship. I am going to burn you in a fiery furnace. He said, O king, whether our God sets us free or whether he doesn't, there's something we want you to know. The only one, the only one that's going to receive glory from us is going to be the Father.
Did he prevent them from going in the fire? They bound them up with the best rope they could find. They heated that furnace seven times. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Come on, Job. Curse your God and die. As he scraped the sores off his skin. To God be the glory. Naked came I into this world. Naked will I leave. You gave me life. You can take life. But one thing for sure, whether you give it or take it, to God be the glory. They cast those boys in that fire. We know what happened. Those old ropes burned off of them. That king gets up and says, did we not cast three men into the fire? Lo, I see a fourth man, and he is like the son of God. To God be the glory. But they had to be willing to go in the fire. Now, I don't have proof. I only have a feeling. Just a feeling. That those three Hebrew children weren't the only Jews in the mix. That's just a feeling. I might be wrong. I'll let my scholars correct me later. But I think they was in captivity in Babylon, if I'm not mistaken. Seventy years of captivity in Babylon. Not all the Jews were there, but there were a lot of them. I don't know. I give them benefit of doubt. Brother Turner, maybe all the other Jews stayed home. Because Job refused to yield. Now, I want you to see something in the story of Job that you may not have seen. And I'm closing with this. If you read the book of Job, it looks like his three friends were backslid. They came up to Job, set out a distance for a little while. I don't know, what was it, seven days? Eight days, something like that? Didn't say, maybe it was three days. I, I hadn't read the story in a while. I chewed Craig out for this very thing. Where's Craig? Oh, it was, uh, yeah. I chewed Craig out for not reading the stories. But in defense, he knew what he was going to preach. I had no clue I was preaching this today. This ain't nothing to do with that. I got a great message up there. You come back next week and we'll enjoy some good preaching. His friends stayed off at a distance. The Bible says they were so overwhelmed at what they saw that they did not say a word. And when they finally opened their mouth, it was all naked. Was there three or four of them guys? Three, huh? But wasn't there a young one? Wasn't there a fourth one? There was three elders, and there was this young punk that showed up. So they're all talking about Job and all this stuff. 
Joe Hummels. Now, don't misunderstand me. Joe wasn't perfect. God came into Job's life, right? Where were you when I created the worlds, Job? So God straightened Job out. You know what the Lord told Job? He healed him. Began to prosper him. He said, Job, go sacrifice for your friends. Go find your friends and sacrifice. Because what you don't understand, Job, is everything I've allowed to happen to you, you were saved. You were okay. But your friends were lost. And I brought out of them, through your situation, the ugliness that was inside of their hearts. Now you go sacrifice for them so that I will have mercy so that they can be saved. Sometimes we go through things so God can expose other things. Not his judgment, his mercy. So that he can reveal in someone. Now watch me close. You better be careful who you attack. And you better be careful why you're attacking. Because you just may be attacking an innocent man. And all God is doing is exposing what's in you. And before it's over, the one you've been attacking is going to have to find themselves, let's stand, find themselves in a prayer room somewhere praying over your soul. Tell your neighbor, I want God to have glory in my life. I'm here to tell you that God has walked into this place today and has totally interrupted this service. Now, I want you to listen to me, everyone listening, everyone listening. If you have backed out of the presence of God because of some things that you've been going through, if you have become lukewarm or maybe even backslid, and that's the term we use. If you, you have walked away from God because you have suffered. I am not belittling your suffering. I'm sure it's horrible. But I am here to tell you that you need to step back in this thing. I don't know how much longer it's going to last. I don't know. I can't tell you that. I do know this, though. That whatever God was doing, he was getting glory out of your life. 
was arranging things. People you might not even know. Maybe you do. Maybe they're your friend, family member, co-worker. Trying to save them from an eternal hell. And he trusted you enough. To bring suffering and pain into your life. So that those watching could see the mighty hand of God sustain you, keep you. And like Job, through all of your suffering, you never cursed God. God's receiving glory from your life. And he will bring to him souls who would have suffered eternally. Is our suffering and the flip side of that our blessings? Because listen, listen, pain This is a whole nother sermon, but I'm going to say it in one statement. Pain will cause some to get out, and blessings will cause others. God will come into your life and bless you in so many ways and financially. You don't even need God anymore. And you just kind of walk away from God. God wasn't blessing you for that. For whatever reason... He was going to receive glory and someone else was going to be drawn. Some of you have suffered bad marriages and you've let that bad marriage get you out of church. You let difficulties in a marriage cause you to leave God and you've been gone for a long time but God's come to say, I need you to come back. I'm not done with you. I put everything on hold, but I was going to get glory out of your life. I know it was hard, but I would have kept you. And if you would have fallen, I would have come. And I would have enabled you to bear it. I would have held you up. We would have made it out. We would have made it to the end. We made it to the end. Your friends will be saved. Whatever it is that I wanted to do, whatever it is that I was trying to accomplish, I will receive glory and it will be accomplished in your life. Please come back. Know that your salvation is not just about you. So many others tied to you. Bible says the tree doesn't fall alone. And if it'll stay through the drought, 
I'll deepen its roots and the birds will light in its branches and I will receive glory and men will be drawn to me. So I wonder today, is there anyone willing to walk to this altar and say, God, I want you to receive glory in my life. Whether it is suffering or whether it is blessing, whether it is sickness or whether it is healing, whether it is death or whether it is life, I want you to receive glory in my life. I don't mean to pick on you, Brother Shatu. I just want to say to you and your family, the fact that you're in the house of God just a couple of days after your lovely wife went home shows that you're determined for God to receive glory. I wonder if we'll make our way to this altar. I know this is a, a solemn service. I know it's a heavy service. But this is the route God went. Oh, I feel it so heavy. Lord is speaking. Please come, he says. You've let sin ravage your life. Those of you that have never given your heart to God, you've never been filled with a spirit. You've let sin ravage your life. Listen, when you die in sin, there's no glory. There's no glory. Nobody's helped. Nobody's delivered. No good comes of it. Nothing. But if you'll step out from where you are today, right now, and make your way to this altar and say, I want to give my life to God. I want to live for the Lord. I'm tired of this world. I'm tired of what the world's doing to me. I'm tired of sin that is in my life. I want Jesus to get glory in my life. If you'll make your way to this altar right now, and just begin to love him you'll feel his presence you'll feel his mercy you'll feel his forgiveness he'll begin to touch you mightily he'll fill you with his spirit and he'll begin to work in your life not only will he fulfill your life but many others around you will be touched and many others will be changed and he'll begin to do glorious things with you and he'll receive glory out of your life. And men will be drawn. Come on, backslider. Come on, lukewarmer. God, I know. I know it was hard. I know it was difficult. I know you suffered. I know. 
I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. And I know you untied the ropes. And, and instead of going in the furnace, you walked away. But God is here today. God is here to take you back. God wants you to know that he still wants to receive glory in your life. And he's calling you to this altar. And he's saying, come, come, come. Return to me, return to me, return to me. Brothers and sisters in Christ, let's give our hearts to him. Let's tell God today, Lord, Lord, I want you to receive glory in my life. I wonder if we begin to pray all across this altar. If you're standing by somebody that needs God, they've come to pray through, why don't you pray with them? If you're standing next to someone that obviously they're going through something, it's difficult, and they need strength. They need encouragement. Why don't we pray with them? And let's say, come on, we can make this together. We can stay in this together. God's going to receive glory. Men are going to be drawn to us. Whether it's blessings, whether it's suffering, God is going to receive glory. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. And I want to know him in the suffering of his death. However I know him, I want him to have glory. However I'm experiencing him, I want him to receive glory. Glory in my life that men might be drawn, that men might see, that men might be saved. Will you open your heart? Will you give yourself to him right now? Will you yield to him right now? Let's praise him. Let's praise him.
No. 